Hi, and welcome to Transparent with Tina. I am Tina Marks, your host. Today's guest is a podcaster, speaker, entrepreneur, and coach. He's going to tell us about his journey from Wall Street to all of the above on this episode. Up next, Craig Siegel. Hey, Craig. Welcome. I'm so happy to see you. So happy to be here, Tina. You and I connected a little while back and right away there was an instant connection. I'm super excited for today. I know we both do these often, but you have my word. You and I will manufacture magic together here today. Absolutely. And, you know, talk about connection. I actually, what, you know, I turned off my phone. Why am I still hearing Texas? <laughs> How to do that? I've turned the sound off. But anyway, uh, we actually were connected by a mutual friend. So, you know, connection is everything, you know, so we everything. would be together if, if it were for Elliot. So big shout out to Elliot. Anyway, let's Elliot. get it. So you're a podcaster and you're a coach. At, but before that, let's get into your backstory, because before that, you were on Wall Street, right? That's correct. Yep. Successful. You did startup businesses, and you just got into coaching, I think it was during the pandemic. Is that when you had your break? Tell, tell us about that. How does somebody leave Wall Street to be a coach? Because I'm sure you, you were doing very well. Yeah. So simply put, I was doing, I say this very humbly, I was doing very well as a business owner on Wall Street the last 10 years. But I didn't realize how unfulfilled and worse, uninspired I was until the pandemic. Because when I shut down my office last March, I thought I had two weeks. Who knew at that time? But it was the first time, as you can imagine, New York City, that to actually just take a minute and ask myself the tough questions. Like, do I, am I happy? Do I really want to wake up six months from now still doing this? And the answer was hell no. What I was doing, although manufactured wealth, it did not light a fire like in my soul by any means i wasn't making a dent in the universe and so i had a sense of urgency with that two weeks i put myself in another frequency and, and i asked myself what do i actually love and it, then it kind of clicked and not to sound too spiritual but like i heard the whispers i've been obsessed with personal development for the last 10 years like revamping the mindset nlp neuro-linguistic programming and just sharpening the axe and, and transformation and stuff of that nature it's played such a role for me in the marathons, in business and relationships. I said, what if it's not only my passion, what if it's my purpose? And then very strategically, I started putting out a plan. The next day on a run, I thought of the name Cultivate Lasting Symphony, bought the domain and started putting out content. And at this time, I had 300 Instagram followers. This wasn't my thing, but I understood it was a means to an end and I wanted to help a lot of people. So I started putting out content, selling out coaching programs, podcasts, speaking engagements and so forth. And, and here we are. That's amazing. So I want, I want to address a couple things that you said there. So, you know, I feel the same way about the pandemic. I think there was a lot of people that misused it. And what I mean by that, I think it was an amazing opportunity to kind of realign yourself to, to rethink exactly what's going on in your life, personally, professionally, financially, and everything like that. And and it sounds like before the pandemic, you were just like on go, probably so busy that you didn't really even have time to think. But when you did have time, you stopped to think about it. You realized that you were unfulfilled. I mean, how, how is that showing up? Just, just like an emotion? Were you feeling run down physically or was there any other signs? It wasn't so much physically as it was 
mentally. I felt like I was carrying around all this weight, Tina. And, and once, like, people always ask me today, like, because now I show up on social media all the time and so forth, like, how are you so energetic? Were you always like this? And the truth is, is not really. Like, of course, there were flashes and so forth. And I channeled a lot of my energy to the marathons because that was an outlet for me. But the reason why I'm so energetic right now is because I'm so passionate about this CLS stuff. I'm obsessed with it. I don't have a ton of balance right now, but I absolutely love what I'm doing. Every single day I wake up and, and like my team that I've cultivated, as you just met, my assistant Jessica and mm-hmm. Alexandra and some other people, like we're, we're changing the world. Like we're helping people. We're seeing the light come on in people's eyes and so forth. And so I love this stuff and collaborating with people like you, which is so special and amazing. And so I'm living in such a state of gratitude. And I know that specifically because when I was doing stuff I didn't love, it's tough to be as grateful. Like you're grateful for your health, of course, but like when you have a crappy day, like, you know, sometimes it's hard to see the silver lining. But now if something happens, it's just a moment in time. Everything else looks great. And I absolutely love this stuff. So I hope that answers your question in regards to that. It, it definitely does. And, you know, it goes, uh, if, if somebody is, is like watching and feeling like they're in the wrong career, they're in the wrong job, you know, if they want to know, that's a good barometer right there. Is, do you feel energized or, you, or, or don't you? Because if you are living in your purpose, you know, the life force is just racing through you. And if, right. if you're not in alignment, you know, it's stagnant, you have like pent up energy. And so I think that's fantastic. You've mentioned the marathon and I, you know, I, I, that was one of the things you, you said, you've never been afraid of failure and that you embrace it as a part of life, which we all know, but you know, we don't like to accept it sometimes that and you, you, you're very uncomfortable and you challenged yourself for, you went on a journey from not being able to run a mile without stopping and running four marathons the next year. Yeah. And this is what you call your moonshot masterpiece experience. Tell us about that. Yeah. So my program is when I first got into CLS and it was time to, after creating that Hollywood hype, it was time to launch a program. I named it the Moonshot Masterpiece. And I got the word moonshot from when two years ago I started running. I always lifted weights. I've always been into fitness, but never running. And so when I went for my first run, I was so humbled by the fact that I found it very challenging. Then it occurred to me the very next day, like, was I really struggling to run a mile or was it my perception of effort? That made me think I was tired. The very next day, I ran a little bit further. And then obviously, my addictive personality was like, let's do the New York City Marathon. And then that led to three more after that, that year. But the point is, is that was my moonshot. And I put it out there for the world to see. And I thought that was really uncomfortable for me to tell the world I'm about to run a marathon. Because as you may or may not know, when you run a marathon, especially if you're not a runner, like, you just want to finish it. You're, you're not trying to like be a professional racer. It's tough. You don't know how the body's going to respond and so forth. But I put it out there for the world to see so that psychologically, that's accountability. I can't let the world down now. They know what I'm up to. And so that was my moonshot. So then when it came to launching the CLS stuff, I just took the same name because ultimately the metaphor was the same, pushing yourself and allowing yourself to grow and accomplishing big, epic stuff in this world. Absolutely. Let's talk about that for a little bit, because, you know, I just did an IG live a little while ago today, and um, we were talking about embracing change and embracing challenge, because most people, and I did for the longest time, I would resist it. I would turn away from it. I would get overwhelmed. I'd get paralyzed from it. And so, you know, what, what are your thoughts when somebody is getting like paralyzed by the challenge in front of them? What, what what would you say to somebody like that if they're if they're feeling like that you know 
they're just overwhelmed and they, they don't feel like they can accept the challenge in front of them, even though like they're, it, it's on their heart and it, their soul is screaming it and their spirit is screaming it. Yeah, I think that they're probably being held back by fear and doubt. And I would say this, every single one of you listening to this right now are worthy of living the life you desire. We are all gladiators. Step into that next arena. It's okay to be a beginner. Worst case scenarios, you don't have success. You dust yourself off and you learn a valuable lesson. Why did it not work? How can I make adjustments? How can I approve? Best case scenario, you do have success and you find growth and you find your calling, so to speak. Look, not to sound too cliche again, but we don't get a dress rehearsal at this thing called life. We get one shot at this thing. There's no sequel. People that get to the end of their life, they always say the same things, right? Like, I don't regret the things I did. I regret the things I didn't do or I the didn't. words I didn't speak and so forth. So take that shot and associate being a beginner with pleasure because it's exciting. If you fall, we'll learn a lesson. If you succeed, even better. There's no downside. I love that you said that because that's what I was talking about earlier. And I was saying for me, you know, my mantra this year is say yes and figure it out later. Because I used to get trapped behind the fear and make up all these excuses. I'm not prepared, whatever. I mean, those are just excuses. And then, then I got to the next level and I'm like, okay, say yes and figure it out later. And that's my, my mantra. But this morning I was thinking to myself, you know, I am saying yes to these things, but I've, I, I was going into it going, okay, I'll do it, but I just want to get it over with. But what you just said is the, that's the cherry on the top. If you can not only say yes to the challenges, embrace it, lean into it, but also go, this is going to be fun, okay? No matter what the experience is, I'm going to enjoy myself as opposed to I'm just going to get through that, through this. Because, you know, that's kind of like just, you know, getting to the finish line of life. And then did you really enjoy it? No, you, you, you faced your challenges, you made it through, but are you enjoying your life? No, I love the way you just articulated that. It's so beautiful and it's so true. Like everything is a frame. And I often say like people aren't broken, but sometimes their frames can be warped or corrupted, so to speak. And it's like you just said, you look at it as an adventure. It's exciting. If I fall, I have a chance to prove to myself and everyone else, if need be, that I can do this, that I can be great at it, so to speak. That's what life's all about. Like, this isn't fun, just going up in a straight line. We embrace the peaks and the valleys and so forth because they shape us. And everyone that's, that's thinking about doing something epic, but you're, you're kind of paralyzed or you're in quicksand in your mind, just begin to associate that new arena with pleasure and associate not taking the shot with pain. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Because at least you're in the game. And, you know, I think especially with like social media, a lot of people just, you know, first of all, a lot of people will look at, let's say you or, or myself and go, you know, all of a sudden there's somebody or they have a lot of followers and this and that. Well, it didn't come overnight. Right. And a lot of people on social media only just post like the highlights or they're on vacation or they're getting married or whatever. And I think it's really important if you're challenged, if you're in a challenging situation, I did this twice this week, I faced two fears and I put it out there on social media. I didn't do it after I mastered it. It's like, I'm starting something that I'm fearful of and you're along for the journey because then I think people can like really relate because, you know, we're here to inspire one another and be of service to one another, right? So if they just see the end product, it, it, they almost feel defeated. It's like they just see the end result. But if, they, if you allow them in to see like, 
the steps that you're taking along the way, I feel like they feel a little bit more hopeful. 100% agree with every single word that you just said. So let me, why don't you give us, because you said you've never been afraid of failure. Give us a, can you give us a story of like one of your most challenging situations and how you dealt with it? Yeah, I would say this isn't life or death by any means, but the first marathon I ran in New York City a couple of years back, at first I just wanted to finish it. But then as my competitive juices started going, I had this goal where I really wanted to break four hours because in the running world, that's a thing. Four, if you run a marathon under four hours, it's no joke. And so as we started to get closer, I'm a very confident person in my abilities. I started to really believe that I had that. Then the marathon came. My whole family was out there cheering. New York City, there's like a million people out. It's insane. It's like a rock concert. And I was crushing it the first half of the marathon. After about mile 20 of the 26.2-mile course, I started to feel things I never felt before. My legs, it's, it looked like they were like hemorrhaging. And, and to be honest with you, straight up, like my mind was playing some serious tricks on me. And I'm pretty mentally tough, but these were like some real good tricks by the opponent upstairs. And and yeah. to be honest with you, I ended up finishing in at 412, which if you ask anyone is really good for their first marathon. But I got to tell you, like, as soon as I crossed that finish line, I should have been feeling 100% bliss and accomplishment. I felt like a little disappointment in myself. And I don't speak about this very often because for whatever reason, but I feel very comfortable with you and I want the audience to know in my head, it's not that I failed. But I let myself down because I feel like I left some out there on the field those last six miles. I felt like I could have done a little better. And so that ended up leading to running another marathon and then another one and another one. And I eventually broke four miles in San Francisco. And then I shattered it. Once my perception realized it's just a number, I shattered in Philadelphia and ran at 339. So to be honest with you, at that moment, I felt some type of way. But it was also a great learning experience for, for me and what I'm capable of. You know, I have a similar story that I want to share because it, it's, yes. it, it was pretty amazing. Um, when I was 51 years old, uh, I was asked to participate in this 5K and it had to do with kind of like my business and promoting myself. So, of course, I said, OK, now I've been a runner most of my life, but I stopped when I was 40 years old because I didn't want to have bad knees. So I did I train for this? No. Do I work out all the time? Yes. But I showed up the night before I went to dinner with a girlfriend. And she said, well, do you think you're going to place? I said, and it came out of my mouth. I don't even know where it came out of because I'm not an arrogant person. I said, place, I'm going to win it. Okay. So I, I, like, I, I didn't even realize I said that until after I said it. So I'd already put that in my head. Right. So when, you know, the gun goes off and I mean, I'm competing against 20 year olds, it's up to like 51 years. I'm like one of the oldest ones in the group. Right. So I was the same way I'm running. And there, I, was, I only had like two people that I was competing against, but I was, I was like always in third place. And I hit a point too, because you never know exactly where you are, how much time do you have left? Because I was always in my running, I'd always save enough energy for the end to just sprint it. But I didn't know how much time there was, right? So I was feeling my stomach was cramping up. I'm going, I don't know how much further. Then all of a sudden I saw the sign. It was like, I don't remember. It was a short distance. And there was the one, you know, she was right in front of me. And I thought I either have to pass her and like sprint the whole way, or she's going to catch up to me. Anyway, long story short, I finished first place. I broke a record and it was all, all this. Oh, that was the one part of the story that I wanted to tell you when I was sitting there and everything was starting to feel that way. 
I was having a talk with myself. I said, I don't know how I can do this. And the strangest thing was something spoke back to me and says, you don't know how you're going to do it, but I do. And I feel that was the whisper of God. And it was just, that's all of a sudden it gave me that extra boost. And so sure enough, I mean, it's all about your mindset. You know, having said that, do you, do you believe in God? Do you, and if you do, is that, where does that have a place in your life? Is that first or not, or. I do believe in God and it is first. And I love that you just shared that story. It was very relatable to me. And, and ultimately what I was, what I was going to say early in the conversation, but I wasn't sure you wanted to take it there is that when I started CLS and I heard those whispers, so to speak, to kind of realize that personal development is my thing and it will always be my thing. Those are the whispers I was referring to. Yeah, exactly. And I also say that intuition is the whisper of God. So, you know what, when, you know, we, we think so much and we base a lot of our decisions based on our rational mind and we don't get quiet enough to hear our intuition. And that's where like, do you practice meditation or are there daily or morning routine to prep yourself for the day? Yeah. I have a very, very rigid structured routine every single morning. So wake up, I journal for a little bit, get my what to do, you know, for the day to do lists and so forth and, and sharpen the ax and read a little. And then I do my meditation and then I work out every single day of my life. And then I hit the ground running. Yeah, exactly. No I mean, pun I, intended. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, okay. So you're a coach. Who would be your ideal client? Great question. So it's funny because people ask me this all the time and it varies. Like I, I say diversified portfolio more now than when I was in finance. Essentially, it's anyone looking for real growth and real like progress in their life. I do have a lot of clients that are looking to start an online business. They see what I've done in a short time and they want a piece of that, so to speak. I have other people that are just looking to like let go of the past and like open themselves up for relationships. Really people that are just trying to facilitate breakthroughs and like become the best version that they know they can be and fulfill their potential, so to speak. So it's a little all over the place, but essentially anyone looking for real growth and wanting to do something epic in this world. And so you help them find, if they don't know what their purpose is, you, uh, are, are you helping them to yeah. find their purpose? You do. Help them gain some clarity, but most importantly, help them cultivate confidence because I think you'd agree confidence and self-belief will take you anywhere you need to go. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, how do you stay inspired? talking to people like you, right? Surrounding myself with like-minded individuals that are growing, that are doing the damn thing, so to speak. And also, like I, I said earlier in the conversation, I sharpen the ax every single day, whether I'm getting like, just looking at my journal, every, all the books that I read, like I'll take notes from the book. So I don't reread the whole book per se. I'll just go back to one of the notebooks. But if I see a good movie or a TV show, I take notes. I'm always sharpening the ax. And so I'm always like looking over my notes and journaling, reading new things, whether it be about NLP, there was a while where I got into Kabbalah, got some cool stuff out of that, some nuggets and so forth. I'm always just like reaching and learning. Like I recently got into chess and having a lot of fun with that. Just always growing and reaching higher. Right. Now you, I mean, you, you, you started this pretty quickly uh, after Wall Street. Okay. Did yeah. you have a mentor? I mean, because ha this happened very quickly for you. And what, do you have a mentor? Do you have your own coach? And what would you say? Do you feel like everybody should have a mentor or a coach? I appreciate you saying that. The truth of the matter is, is when I started to do this, I did not have a mentor. What I did was I looked on social media and I, I saw people that were having success and I kind of gravitated towards people's style that I respected and that I liked. And I kind of grabbed a little bit from each person. I'll say this though, 
anyone that's going out there that's looking to start something new or really anything, definitely have a mentor. I had mentorship years ago when I first started studying the mind and so forth. And it taught me everything I needed to know in terms of rebuilding and reprogramming my mind, understanding confidence, changing what I associate pain and pleasure to. It just so happens when I launched CLS, I used the world as my coach. All the transformational work and the, the sharpening of the axe that I've been doing for 10 years, I applied to CLS. But anyone out there looking to get started, absolutely have a mentorship. My biggest regret, and I often say I don't have any regrets because I believe I'm exactly what I'm supposed to be. Everything's happening the way it's supposed to be. If I had to pick one, it would be that I didn't have mentorship earlier on. So yes, yeah. everyone should have a mentor. So you've mentioned NLP. For those of you that don't know what NLP, it's a neuro linguistic programming. So how has that impacted your life? Yeah, it basically showed me that whatever I was born with was just a simple, whatever I was born with is not essentially what I'm capable of, right? So like we go through conditioning. We're, we're, we have phobias of this. We're scared of that. We think that we can't do this. We've acquired that conditioning through time. NLP taught me, and it's funny because NLP is a little complicated. Depending upon who you ask, you might get a different answer. What it taught me specifically, Tina, is that I could reprogram how I look at things. So for example, if I was afraid to speak to a client on the phone or approach a pretty girl at the bar, I had the ability to model someone with a lot of confidence, like a 007 James Bond. What would they think in this given moment? And then I can act like him and all of a sudden I could cultivate confidence on command. It's same thing with the marathons. Instead of looking at a big marathon as pain, like, oh my goodness, that's not for me. I look at it as exciting, new, pleasurable adventure. So really, it taught me that I can reprogram any type of thought that, or strategy that I've had in the past. I can modify it to my liking. And that was really been the, the biggest game changer for me in my life. And I think everyone's held back by self-imposed limitations. And if they're able to change that, a limitation, to yeah. an opportunity or a possibility, there's literally nothing we can't do. So you think that that would, might have been the most instrument, instrumental uh, factor in, in, in you making the shift and you actually may, having a huge breakthrough is NLP? Definitely. Yeah, exactly. Definitely. And you know what I want to go back to, and I want everybody to get this because, you know, you are not born in a fear-based mindset. You know, we are, we come straight from source, God, universe, whatever you want to call it. I mean, look at any child. You know, they know they're very confident. They don't have any fears at all. And we, we adopt these fears. And, you know, I talk about it in my first book, fear, fear, fear versus faith. You're only operating from one of the two mindsets. So it's like understanding that that is just really a false belief that you have adopted in your lifetime. That is really not your true nature. That's really not how you came into the world. So it's something that you just need to deprogram. I love that. Uh, if you can't, if the audience can't tell, you'd have to surgically move the smile from my face because the way you just wear that, it's so true. See the fear of faith and you get to choose, right? Like we don't always get to control the hand we're dealt, but you could control how you play it. And it goes back to what you just said. It's so important. I love that you said that. Yeah. And it's, you know, I always say, you know, you can't choose the thoughts that come in your head, but you can choose the ones that stay in your head. So tell us a little bit about your podcast and, and what came first? Did the coaching come first? Did the podcast come? Where did you start right after Wall Street? What was the first thing you did? So I utilized a Walt Disney strategy that I learned in NLP, which is essentially how he created Disneyland. And basically it allows you to take your big vision from the dreamer perspective, yep. then come in with the critic perspective and basically lay out all potential obstacles and challenges. 
And then with the third perspective, as a realist, you could say, okay, here's how we can make it work given those potential challenges. So I utilize that to launch CLS. And ultimately, the goal was to come at the world with a 10-lane highway. One lane be big speaking engagement, selling out stadiums for 100,000 plus. Another one, the podcast. Another lane would be coaching programs, mastermind, and so forth. So ultimately, the first thing I did was I started putting out content, building the brand awareness, creating that Hollywood hype. And then the first thing I did was launch coaching programs. Once I began to sell out those, masterminds so I can kind of scale. And then ultimately, one of my secret weapons was always the podcast. Because like you, I love to tell a story and I love to collaborate and engage with people like you. And so that came a little bit later into the journey about okay. five months ago. And essentially, the theme is, is we have the world's biggest juggernaut, whether it be celebrities, professional athletes, Hollywood actors, great entrepreneurs like you and authors and so forth, the coaches. And basically talk about the mindset when they were at rock bottom. Everyone knows about the success story. We have Wikipedia for that. What right. did they do exactly. when they were going through some stuff? What yeah. was their thought process to overcome that, to get to the success? That's what makes everyone, these juggernauts so relatable. And that's the theme of the show. And I can't wait to have you on it. Oh, good. I'm so excited. So, hey, listen, tell us about your membership launch. Yes. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> So this week, actually last week, I launched for the first time ever the CLS membership. A lot of people have tried to work with me since I started CLS, and I said it very humbly. But for whatever reason, you know, there's been thousands that I couldn't work with, whether it be finances or there's only so much of me to go around, whatever the case would be. So I recently launched this CLS membership, which is very cheap. It's only $49 a month. But essentially, it's a big container and allows us to have free trainings every single week and big guest speakers that you could pick their brain. Like, for example, this week, just this past Wednesday, we had Heather Monahan on, who I know you know. It was a phenomenal. She's, yeah, she's, she's going to be on my show next month. I That's think. great. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she was, in, yeah, I saw she was in the membership as a guest speaker. So everyone gets to pick her brain and see what's up. But ultimately, it's me doing trainings, the mindset tweaks, changing what we associate pain and pleasure to working on modeling and anchoring, building confidence and so forth, but it's very cheap. It allows everyone to get in that container to learn. And most importantly, network with each other, find some clients and just find like-minded community. So let me, so you have a guest speaker on before you have the speaker on, do you talk about tips about mindset or do you just talk about that with your guest and, and their ideas? At, yeah. And, so yeah. this three weeks of the month, we do the membership. One is a guest speaker. Yeah. One is just trainings, and then the other is hot seat coaching and Q&A. So for the weeks that we have the guest speakers, it's all them. Okay. All right. And do you do individual coaching now or not? Is it just I, I do. A little bit less, though. In the beginning, I'll be straight up with you. Like When you launch a business, you're very grateful that to get business. I didn't want to say no. I ended up having 25 one-on-one -on -one clients right out the gate. People thought I was out of my mind. Lesson learned. So it's a little bit too much energy to go around. It's a lot how many, of how many, how many clients? I had 25 one-on-one -on -one the first month I launched. I didn't want to say no, but- I have I 45. One-on-ones? Right now? Right now. And I'm how? doing this. Call me super That's woman. a lot of your energy. It, it is. <laughs> I don't have my, my braces goodness. on my- Yeah, I know. It does. Good for it's you. Yeah, I know. It, yeah, you, you do what you, you do what you got to do, but I do love it. And I love every client in my schedule. And that's something that I learned. Any coaches, you know, when you're first coming out, as you know, you're like, you're going to say yes to everything. Actually, when I first got out, I got up to like 55 clients and I didn't, 
it was way too much. You. It was way too much. And so I lo- was losing people. But now I'm at this space, and I, I think you'll agree with me, you know, confidence. It, it's at this point in my life, I will not have a client in my schedule that I do not feel that connection with because 100%. I don't take anybody on in the beginning. And you know, and, and you kind of feel that. And I tell my clients that I that I coach, I say, if you're working with a client that you get a really bad feeling from, you, you trust your intuition. Trust me, it's not going to be worth your, no, your time no. and your energy. And it's going to no state your, as you know, you know, your energy frequency because another person can bring that energy down. Definitely. I agree with that 100%. And you were just on Dave uh, Meltzer's office hours. Tell us about that. Yeah, so I work with Dave often. He's actually a, a modern day mentor to me since I met him during the CLS journey. Nothing but respect for him. And I flew out there to LA. They were filming office hours with some of the world's biggest celebrities like Cameron Diaz and big entrepreneurs and so forth, like Tim Story. And he surprised me. And I was a guest on the show with all those juggernauts. So it was super cool just being there and interacting with all those juggernauts and and all that. It's going to air in the fall on Bloomberg TV and Amazon Prime. And just to be affiliated with all those A-listers. Because I've only been, I've had a lot of success in life, but I've only been doing this for a short time. So yeah, yeah I'm I actually really honored. Watched- Really yeah, I watched that interview with Dave and he said that you were actually out of all those people, even he even meant, mentioned uh, Cameron Diaz. He said he really was looking forward to you more than a lot of the A-listers, which says a lot. So that you're, you're going to promote oh, wow. that be on Bloomberg TV in the fall. OK, absolutely. How I about, didn't even say that. I appreciate that. And how about three takeaways for our guests here today? Yeah. So. Number one, I would say practice forgiveness. This is something that I recently did. And I got to tell you, it's so liberating. And it's not the type of forgiveness you think. It's forgive yourself, right? Like for all the mistakes you think you made, those don't define you. For whatever yes. the stuff you did, like something that you might've said that you, you wish you could take back, forgive yourself. It happened. The relationship, the business, the lost finance, whatever it is that you did, take a second and just allow yourself to just be and forgive yourself. Let go of all that energy that you've been carrying around. It can't be changed. Understand that you're human. Like, we, like I said earlier, like we don't get a dress rehearsal. We're going through life for the first time and you only get one shot. Sometimes mistakes are made, but hopefully we learned a valuable lesson for it. So forgive yourself. The second one I want to say is be obsessed with whatever it is that you want to do. And a lot of people say that, you know, why am I so obsessed with CLS and this now? I love it. I love to help people. I love to collaborate with you. I love the podcast. I love the speaking engagements. I love all of it. It's a healthy obsession. I can think of a lot worse things to be obsessed with. So if you're really going to take a shot at something and you want to do it right, find something that you could be obsessed with. And when I say obsessive, you know, when you get a good new book like Tina's and you want to just read it all day, like that's okay. Like be obsessed with yeah. good stuff. Yes. Be obsessed with quality stuff. And the last thing I want to say is to anyone listening, you are worthy of taking that shot. You see people like me and Tina up here, like, it looks like we've been doing this for a while and, and maybe we have and we have a following. It didn't happen overnight. You are worthy. You do have a story to tell. Look yourself in the mirror and say three words. Why not you? Because if it's not you, it's going to be somebody else. But you have to believe that in your heart of hearts that you're here for a reason. You are unique and you do have gifts to share with the world. And I even say this, if you don't share your gifts with the world, you're actually being selfish. Why not I, I absolutely agree. I, I couldn't agree more. And one more thing I want to say about the forgiveness is that, you know, they say forgiveness is not about the other person. It's about yourself. So let's say you're, you have resentment towards somebody else. You know, they're, they're not worried about it. Okay. And you're trapping all this energy that 
you that you could be letting flow through your body and through into projects and other people to be of service. So um, 100%. one, I, I just thought of one more question because I know you have a team. Okay. So what would you say, when would be the ideal time for somebody to start adding to their team? Because, you know, everybody that I interview is an entrepreneur. It's a lonely business. You know, it's you, uh, you know, teeing yourself up, you promoting yourself, but at what point did you start, like, say, adding to your team? When you're financially able to, and also when you can find some people that you really trust. Because it took a while for me to, like, delegate because I had that A-type personality. But I was able to find a team that I, I would take a bullet for and I absolutely love. And they would do the same for me. They really believe in the mission, so to speak. And it's not about us. It's about helping everyone. And I like to spend time with them. So that obviously helps as well, because we're obviously yeah. as an entrepreneur, you're spending a lot of time with them. So when you're able to definitely hire and delegate. So that way you can shift your energy where it's needed the most. Right. You know what? You don't try and be everything. And that's the one thing that I've learned. Cause I felt like I had to be good at everything. And it's like, no, do what you're best at, delegate the rest. hundred percent. And you said you have a mastermind. I do. Yes. And so can you just tell us about that? Yeah, so we have a mastermind. It's once a week for 12 weeks. It's a container full of entrepreneurs like this, okay. like you and I, people that want growth and also want to network with individuals. This one's a little bit more expensive than the membership because a lot more coaching, a lot more intimacy and so forth. And obviously big special guest speakers and stuff like that. So we're launching our next one at the beginning of August, which is coming up. Super excited about that. 12 weeks. And can you tell us the price on that? Yes. So the price is 5,000. 5,000 for 12 weeks. That's, yep. that, that seems to be the rate because I've looked into other, um, that's, that's right in the ballgame. So yeah. So if somebody wants to join the mastermind or join, you know, the coaching, everything, where do they find you? I would say the best place to find me is Instagram at Craig Siegel underscore CLS. And obviously Facebook, Craig Siegel or the website, Cultivate Lasting Symphony com where you can sign up for the email blast and be on the waiting list and so forth for the, the masterminds, the memberships, and all the new podcast episodes and stuff like that. If you want to listen to the podcast, yes, the CLS the podcast? experience, anywhere you listen to podcasts. Okay, perfect. Absolutely. Well, you know, such a pleasure having you on, Craig. You are just such a light for so many people and just keep doing what you're doing because you're blowing it up. Same. I feel the same way about you. I'm so excited we connected. And this is just the beginning of our relationship. And I can't wait to have you on the show. Thank you. Me too. So those of you that are watching, um, if you haven't subscribed to my YouTube channel, please do. It's Tina Marks TV. And also, if you haven't downloaded my podcast, please do that. That's Transparent with Tina. And go to Craig's website and his podcast and his Instagram and give him some love. And we will see you next week.